1: Welcome back. Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. I don't have a um, formal monologue uh, for us today uh, because uh, it's just been such a such such a whirlwind of a day. But I, a, a lot has been rattling around uh, in my head about the speech Joe Biden gave yesterday. And we, we covered it a little bit yesterday, uh, the speech where he uh, kept speaking about the big lie. And the big lie that the MAGA Republicans keep perpetrating and how it's so dangerous it is fueling so much violence and the denunciation of the MAGA movement from this president. I, I have to tell you a few thoughts. Um, first of all, does anyone remember the refrain, not my president? Does ever, anyone remember not my president and the refrain that was used against Donald J. Trump? It was played off of the notion that he was illegitimately elected, which was another big lie. In fact, it was a bigger lie. It was bigger because more people believed it. Um, As Byron York has written, according to a poll from the Washington Post, far more Democrats believe the 2016 election was stolen than Republicans think the 2020 election stolen. Where do you get that from? Where do you get that notion from? Uh, you don't get it in the media at all. You'll get it from Byron York. You'll get it here. And the difference and the spread is about 10 points by 10 points. So if Donald Trump is perpetrating a big lie, the Democrats were perpetrating a bigger lie. And I thought, you know, this not my president notion, does Joe Biden and does the Democratic Party think, That election denial began for the first time in the 2020 election or that political violence for the first time? began with Republicans, because it seems to me that we who were quoting Abraham Lincoln's Lyceum speech and the importance of the rule of law throughout the riots of 2020, we who were denouncing Chuck Schumer for calling out conservative Supreme Court justices by name, saying they had inherited the whirlwind and won't know what hit them when there was an an assassination attempt on one of those justices, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, What did the president of the United States say about that? What did the vice president of the United States say about that? They said absolutely nothing, and it never made the first 10 pages of the New York Times. It got one story on A20 in the New York Times once. Lee Zeldin, he is the Republican candidate running for governor in New York. There was not only a shooting outside of his personal private home, he was attacked on stage by a man with a knife that he had to wrestle to the ground. Did the president say anything and give speeches about political violence and rhetoric then? Not my president. Joe Biden is taking that to a fairly well by denouncing half this country into, I guess what what maybe if they if if they had no um, if they had no scruples the bumper sticker of which would be not my people, not my fellow Americans. He is writing Americans, half of them or at least Republican inclined and Republican Americans, Republican Party Americans. Out of the body politic by denouncing them, by calling them, of course, semi-fascists, his chairman of the party calling them fascists. Does he do the Democrats has it so far? Does the media has it been so far suppressed? Has it been so memory hold that there was actually a not my president's day? There was actually a not my president's day. It was held deliberately On George Washington's birthday, it was held in 2017, the first year of Donald Trump's presidency, protests across the country. Riots broke out at the one in Oregon and 13 people were arrested. But thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. New York City alone had 13,000 people show up for that rally to the Not My President's Day rally. Just in New York alone, it was 13,000 people. This notion... That election uh, questioning, election denial, whatever the phrase is you want, started with Donald Trump and that that is the biggest of lies this country has ever heard and has led to violence from the insane is about the most inappropriate demagogic thing you could imagine from a president of the United States. Now, I struggle when I come to that phrase because he has been on a tear of doing this. This was the man who was elected in the name of uniting the people. This is a man whose inauguration was all about uniting. This is a man who talked of, based on Barack Obama's very fine use of the phrase, he took it and ran with it, not a red America, not a blue America, but a United States of America. This is a man who started this year off, however, by claiming that Republicans were the party of George Wallace, the party of... um, The party of Jefferson Davis, the party of George Wallace and the party of Bull Connor, all of whom were obviously segregationists and Confederates, all of whom were also Democrats. At that time, at that time, right after that speech, Peggy Noonan, who probably does not consider herself, not probably, I'm sure she doesn't consider herself a MAGA Republican, What? that terminology definitively means or not, we can get into, but she's not a pro-Trump Republican. She wrote in the Wall Street Journal about that speech at the beginning of this year. So he has been on this tear for a while. She wrote about that speech, this, quote, the speech itself was aggressive, intemperate, not only offensive, but meant to offend. It seemed prepared by people who think there is only the Democratic Party in America. That's it. Everyone else is an outsider who can be disparaged. I would use the word marginalized. I would use the word anathematized. I would invoke the notion of a party purge along Stalinist lines, quite frankly, at the rate their rhetoric has increased. But she says everyone else is an outsider who can be disparaged. It was a mistake on so many levels. Presidents, more than others in politics, have to maintain an even strain, as the astronauts used to say. Uh, I think astronauts at Navy, right? <laughs> a steady strain or an even strain. Um, if a president is rhetorically manipulative and divisive, she says, it undercuts what he's trying to establish the next day on another set of issues. Look, this big lie stuff. Believe whatever you want about the 2020 election. Believe whatever you want. We're allowed to have those beliefs. The Democrats certainly did it in 2000, certainly did it in 2004, and certainly did it after 2016, on and on again. I'll play some audio of that again because it can't be played enough. But it's not the biggest lie in American politics, as Joe Biden keeps saying. The lies on the left and the lies told every single day by this administration are far bigger. Is it not? A far bigger and more important thing to deny that we're in a recession? Is it not a bigger lie to say things like the border is secure? Is it not a bigger lie to say the border would be more secure if we're, Republicans weren't obstructing the Democrats, what the press secretary said? Is it not a bigger lie to say there is no settled definition of a woman? Is it not a bigger lie to say men can menstruate and give birth? Is it not a bigger lie to say our country was founded in 1619? Is it not a bigger lie to say to the entire country is systematically racist when it isn't being run by people who are implicitly biased? Isn't it a bigger lie to say Larry Elder is a white supremacist and Donald Trump, the father and grandfather of Jewish children and grandchildren, is an anti-Semite? Is it not a bigger lie to say the withdrawal from Afghanistan was an extraordinary success? Is it not a bigger lie to say vaccines keep you from getting COVID or from getting sick or from getting hospitalized or from dying? Is it not a bigger lie to say the president of the United States is actually in command of his facilities and his compost mentis? Each and every one of those lies is far more dangerous than notions about whether the election was fair or not. How do I know that? Because the Democrats, if you'll allow me to do what the media refuses to do once again, have showed that it's okay to do that. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Yeah, that's Hillary Clinton. Next, you're going to hear Kamala Harris.
0: How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's the real thing. That's what I'm scared about in 2020. But rightly. Because I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you... You know, fight against that in 2020. You are absolutely right.
1: He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you
0: be my vice president?
1: Pause on that one. This is Joe Biden at a rally where a woman comes up to him and says Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. And Joe Biden says, would you be my running mate? Would you be my right, running mate? Opportunity after opportunity. I can give you Jerry Nadler. I can do this audio all day long. Opportunity after Opportunity. Adults in the Democratic Party room, wherever it meets these days, had the opportunity to say, cut it out, cut it out. He's our president. This is not the first time politics has been weaponized to instantiate and substantiate the attempt to have one party rule in this country. I'll talk more about that when we come back, too. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I should give out the phone number. Anything on your mind, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Anything on your mind you'd like to raise or speak about or think about or ask about or talk about, we're here for you. Um I was talking about the weaponization of, um, of 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 political parties against political parties. The f- of, of course, um, it, it has been going on here and there, but nothing at the rate that it started to in 1963. The great American historian uh, Jim Pearson, James uh, Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N is how he spells it if you want to look him up or look his book up, did a a, a tremendous piece of work on what happened um, leading up to and after the John F. Kennedy assassination and the attempt until the Warren Commission came out with its final report, the attempt to plaster John Kennedy's assassination on to conservatives, the right and the Republican Party. Chief Justice Earl Warren, of whom the Warren Commission is named, for whom the Warren Commission is named, before the commission got to work, blamed Kennedy's shooting, quote, on the hatred and bitterness that has been injected into the life of our nation by bigots. That's in, at Kennedy's uh, funeral, at his, uh, at, in, in a eulogy at Kennedy's funeral, perhaps the most famous Democratic senator at the time, one of the top two at least, Mike Mansfield, Attributed the shooting to, quote, bigotry, hatred and prejudice. Drew Pearson, who was uh, probably one of the top three most famous national columnists in the country at the time, blamed the shooting on a right wing hate drive. Uh, the other big columnist, uh, Scotty Reston, James Scotty Reston, in his first column after the, association, uh, after the assassination, wrote in the New York uh, Times about the right-wing violent streak and strain of madness plaguing America. Extremists on the right are to blame, he wrote. Um, he went on to say, since the beginning of his administration, John Kennedy had been trying to damp down the violence of the extremism of the right. He said, today America weeps, not only for its dead young president, but for itself because of the right. And then, holy smokes, what happened? Well, the investigation took place. The commission had its hearings, looked at all the evidence, amassed it, and it's there for anyone to see. And in plain, simple language, they find out, holy smokes, Lee Harvey Oswald was a communist and was acting out on communist beliefs, either on behalf of Cuba or on behalf of the Soviet Union. And the history is there for everyone to see. The weaponization to attempt to use a tragedy, a crisis, um, the act of an insane human being, and to make that the responsibility and the fault of all one party is a very, very dastardly dastardly way to try and unite the country and it's an awfully dastardly way to try and maintain power isn't it interesting that this is what they're settling on as the issue five days out before the election isn't it interesting that this is where they are they started with voting rights in that in that acerbic and toxic speech i was referencing that joe biden gave earlier in the year in georgia where he called us uh, the party of George, of George Wallace and Jefferson Davis and Bull Connor, it started. It started with voting rights and the issue on voting rights, and then they got the opportunity to release the Dobbs decision early. By release, I mean leak. And by the way, Supreme Court staff, which isn't that big, have we ever found the leaker? Is anyone interested in that? Is there any, any enterprising journalist at all anywhere? Who's interested in finding out how, for the first time in Supreme Court history, a uh, decision—never mind one so, um, so so, pardon the pun—so pregnant with, with import, was released to the media illegally? Any any interest in that whatsoever? So they tried to run on that. That died down. They brought back COVID. They brought back vaccines. They brought back boosters. They brought back vaccine scheduling. That's not doing it. They denied that there was a recession. They now are lying about that and the gas prices and blaming it on the wrong parties. And then what did they do? They were turned back to abortion, all the ads on abortion, until the American people realized, wait a minute. Everything you've been lying to us about the overturning of Roe versus Wade isn't actually true. Their abortion is still taking place in this country. Holy smokes. Abortion is still legal in this country. Holy smokes holy smokes, it turns out Democrats want actually what the Republicans have said, because in debate after debate and question after question, even the quote-unquote moderate Democrats refuse to say that they would put a limit on abortion in the third trimester, up to and including and after the birth of a child, refuse to say they do that. This notion of extremism and life and abortion, that turns out, to be a problem for the abortion rights movement, not the, not the Republican Party, not the conservative movement. Turns out, turns out everything they thought that they would weaponize against uh, the Republican Party in behalf of their chances in this election in a failing down economy, people are waking up to. So what did they seize on? Their go-to once again. Their go-to, once again, which is the party purge, the anathematization of Republicans, the neo-fascist line, the vote for a Republican is a vote to threaten our democracy, to vote for a Democrat is the only way to save our democracy. No one has ever spoken like that in this country so far as I know. No one until now. Now, I have to tell you, I was doing a uh, a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a, uh, of, of a historical read this morning, um, and the notion that—I was, I was reading some history this morning, is probably the English way to say that—the notion that the Democratic Party resents us calling them socialists, even though many of them will tell us that's what they are, the notion that they resent us calling them that, um, again— also, cannot be blamed on the Republican Party. Any of you ever heard of Al Smith? Anyone ever heard of uh, Al Smith in this in in the audience? The Al Smith dinner, the Al, the big Al Smith dinner, the Catholic Charities dinner in New York. Um, Al Smith was at the time he was a candidate for president, a multi-term governor of New York. He was a candidate for president uh, against Herbert Hoover. Any and He was probably the most important Democrat in his day, maybe the equivalent of Mario Cuomo in the mid-19 or early 1990s and late 1980s. Maybe that would be maybe that would be the analog. Well, I was reading some interesting history today about some things Al Smith said about his own Democratic Party. Be interesting to hear. I'll give it to you when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Are you concerned with stock market volatility? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market? A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly, and there are no fees. Enter my friends, Refi. What they are offering is a secure, collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right, ten point two five percent. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y, then R E F Y.com, or call eight 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 Y Refi 888 Y Refi thirty four. I was mentioning Al Smith, probably the only show today to do so, maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe this year. But he was uh, the Democratic governor of New York for many terms, probably the most uh, famous Democrat in the country. He ran for president in 1928. There's the Al Smith dinner for the Catholic charities. He was known, the original, I think he was the original, the phrase you ever heard, the phrase happy warrior. It was. I think he, it was, he was the first person that was said about. Al Smith was the original happy warrior. He was the Democrats' Democrat. By 1936, as the Roosevelt administration was cobbling together more and more and more of the New Deal, more of what we call the alphabet soup agencies and projects, you know, the CCC and all that kind of stuff, the court packing plan, he gave a famous speech. I don't think it's in most children's histories textbook. I don't think it's in most history textbooks. I don't think it's in most college history textbooks. He gave a speech in 1936, leaving the Democratic Party. Can I give you some excerpts of what he said? This is not easy. It hurts me. But I can call upon innumerable witnesses to testify to the fact that during my whole public life, I put patriotism above partisanship. And when I see danger, I say danger. That is, the stop, look, and listen to the fundamental principles upon which this government of ours was organized. It is difficult for me to refrain from speaking up. What are these dangers that I see? The first is the arraignment of class against class. Today you might insert race against race, but the class against class is still there. It has been freely predicted, he went on, that if we were to ever have civil strife again in this country, it would come from the appeal to passion and prejudices that come from the demagogues that would incite one class of our people against the other. The next thing that I view as being dangerous to our national well-being is government by bureaucracy instead of what we have been taught to look for, government by law. Just let me quote something from the president's message to Congress, Al Smith said, speaking about Roosevelt, quote, in 34 months, we have built up new instruments of public power. In the hands of a people's government, this power is wholesome and proper. But in the hands of political puppets of an economic autocracy, such power would provide shackles for the liberties of the people, close quote. Back to Al Smith. Now, I interpret this to mean if you're going to have an autocrat, take me, But be very careful about the other fellow. There is a complete answer to that, and it rises in the minds of the great rank and file, and the answer is this. We will never in this country tolerate any law that provides shackles for our people. We don't want autocrats either in or out of office. We wouldn't even take a good one. He went on. Make a test for yourself. Get this. This is Al Smith, the most famous at this time, maybe now the second most famous Democrat in America in 1936. Make a test for yourself. Just get the platform of the Democratic Party and now go get the platform of the Socialist Party and lay them down on your dining room table side by side and get a heavy lead pencil and scratch out the word Democrat and scratch out the word socialist and let the two platforms lay there. Then study the record of the president administration up to date. After you have done that, make your mind up to pick up the platform that more nearly squares with the record and you will put your hand on the socialist platform. That's Al Smith. Last thing he said. And incidentally, let me say that it is not the first time in recorded history that a group of men have stolen the livery of the church to do the work of the devil. Wow. Wow. No Democrats like that today. But if you want to see the origins of socialism in the Democratic Party, it was a Democrat, the most famous Democrat, who pointed him out when he left the party. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I want you to get the facts on reverse mortgages and speak up on behalf of a great company with offices in Arizona now. Bingo, reverse mortgage. Inflation is slamming retirees, throwing retirement budgets into chaos. With inflation at a 40-year high, the dollar isn't going as far as it did just months ago. With gas prices sky high, grocery prices increasing over 13% since July, and a recession looming, aging adults are struggling to make ends meet. A reverse mortgage could be the safety net you need to get through these hard times by allowing you to convert the equity in your home into cash. A reverse mortgage could put more money in your pocket for living expenses, help you fight inflation, make your investments last longer, and give you the security in your retirement that you deserve. Call the veteran-owned and staffed Bingo team at 928-277-4476. That's 928 928-277- 277 Four four seven six, or visit BingoReverseMortgage dot com. BingoReverseMortgage dot com. Mention that I sent you, and you will get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing—a one thousand dollar value. Let's go to Mike in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Good afternoon, sir.
2: Yes, sir. Good afternoon to you, Seth. How's things up there? Is it
1: really windy? Oh, uh, uh, Let's see. Really I under? have. Uh... I'm doing what I would do if Joe Biden told you it was raining, which is to say I have to look out the window. No, I think we're clearing up here, buddy.
2: Oh, okay, man. It's blowing like a hurricane
1: down here. That's for I went 20%. on an early morning run. It was windy. It's Well, I should say, windy in a bad way, half the run, <laughs> the way back. Yeah, yeah. Just as long
2: as it's to your back, yeah. Yeah, you can go. Can't, can't yes. run
1: downhill both ways, yeah.
2: There you go. Okay, so what I called in for is I noticed this rhetoric, uh, these this conversation, which you had touched a little bit on in the first half hour about, you know, the, all this political speech right now, inspiring violence yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I noticed the difference between the media coverage, I guess we could put it into categories of omission and commission. Uh, as an example, just about one year ago, there was a senior supervisory DEA agent that was shot to death by drug smugglers on an Amtrak train in Tucson. You
1: betcha. I remember you called and, about it, too. You betcha.
2: Yes, sir. And uh, just maybe I'm a little confused here, but as far as I know, you know, the Amtrak that's run by the federal government yep. so is that federal
1: property it's federally chartered anyway i don't know i don't yep. know but it's certainly federally chartered in the and and of course the rails are our government uh government uh overseen so i would think so i would think so mike yeah yep. and
2: it's also a federal agent so yep. it's a, a yeah yep. yeah absolutely federal government.
1: absolutely yep
2: and so but The thing was, it was mystifying to me that it was barely just a little bit of small local coverage. There was a couple of small outlets down in Tucson that had covered it. Mm -hmm. It never gained no traction Mm -hmm. whatsoever. No, never did. But but now I notice that uh, with the attack on Paul Pelosi— it's been wall-to-wall coverage. Every 30 minutes, there's an update on he's been indicted. This is his name. This is the surgery. This is what's happening. Comments from the president, the vice president, Nancy Pelosi, everybody that's concerned, blaming it on MAGA and President Trump for the rhetoric and everything like that. So I'm just a little confused. And I know, I guess I really shouldn't be. It's back to that omission and... Yeah, well, it's a a dangerous
1: select. It's a dangerous selective thing when you only denounce violence um, that may or may not come from one side. I say may or may not because um, as our as our as our hearts and prayers obviously go to the Pelosi family for what they've suffered. uh, It's not really something isn't gelling and thus it's not aspic if you remember that line from psycho. But this was a psycho situation. You have a tremendously drug addled human being who um, lives in a, a, a BLM uh, commune, um, and, and so much more, who just a few years ago was posting his support. for? I, you know, the, it's just—it shouldn't be politicized. Now, now, maybe he had a political motive. I mean, he did say a few things, and there's a few things on his website, but these are the rantings of a lunatic. These are the rantings and, an action of the, of, of, and the actions of a lunatic. Can we say the same thing about the person who tried to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh? Can we say the no. same things about a man who deliberately set out from California, traveled all the way to Washington, D.C., ends up in front of Brett Kavanaugh's home and is arrested just in the nick of time? The president said nothing about that. The vice president said nothing about that. Look, our side has been pretty uniform. In denouncing violence of whatever kind what why why do you think it is why do you think it is that the media today today I don't mean like over the last couple of days I mean today went on a bent about this issue of crime and the elections the New York Times has a headline today you're gonna hold on want to hold on to your hat for this Mike you ready here's a headline in the New York Times front page Stoked by Republicans. You know what the word stoke means? It means, obviously, to fuel a fire. Stoked by Republicans. Fears of crime loom large for midterm voters. It's the Republican rhetoric that's the problem, not the crime. Stoked by by Republicans. Fears of crime loom large for midterm voters. Stoked by Republicans. Fears of crime loom large for midterm voters. Not the crime. Not the rising violent crime, but the rhetoric of Republicans who are stoking the issue by talking about it. It's amazing how much they don't want us to exist, and it's amazing how much they don't want us to talk about. If we talk about it, then we're the problem. And by the way, if you want to know how influential the New York Times is, they had this headline this morning. Guess who was a guest on CNN this morning making the same point? Republican paranoia about crime. Hillary Clinton. She was on CNN this morning talking about Republican paranoia about crime stoking fears in the nation. Guess who was on MSNBC this morning saying the same exact thing? Kathy Hochul, the Democratic governor of New York, running for an election to save her political skin, saying that crime isn't the issue. It's the weaponization of it by the way Republicans are talking about it. Who's irrespons- We have been talking about crime. We have been talking about drug addiction. We have been talking about homelessness. We have been talking about violence in the name of a political movement for years. And today, five days before the election, the Democratic Party wants to make all of us responsible for one act of a deranged human being, a terrible act by a deranged human being. I'll tell you, Mike, it's it's hard to take. It's hard to bear but we're going to show them. We're going to show them that we're serious. And by that, I mean, we're going to vote them the hell out of office.
2: Amen. You know, it's almost as if they're weaponizing the, the this crime. You know, its crime statistics have always been there. You can look at the FBI's Uniform Crime Report. And so it's nothing new of those things and now all of a sudden you know it makes you think that maybe they're planting the seed for something that they have planned on here that oh this
1: is all, oh i you and, know, you know I, it's not an accident that the new york times has that on the front page and immediately cnn has hillary clinton on and msnbc has kathy Hochul on to to fan it by the way you yeah. were right to talk about yeah. the stories how many stories about the kavanaugh assassination How many people know the famous last names of the Democrats who supported the attack on Rand Paul that put him in the hospital, breaking his rib cage? How many people know about that? Some pretty famous names. Some pretty famous names said that that was the right thing to do and good on the guy who attacked Rand Paul. Um, How many stories were there exonerating the border agents for not whipping like cowboys, Haitians? We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Got some great guests. Two of my favorite people uh going to both be in studio a little later. Uh, John Shattuck will be with us in our third hour. And the great Sam Stone is coming up at the top of the next hour wanting to take your calls. George is in Goodyear. Hello, George.
2: Hey, how you doing, Seth? Great show. Love it. Keep Thank up you. the wonderful work. God bless you and all the crew out there. You Thank know?
1: you. Bless you, sir. Thank I'm you.
2: I'm sure you... Uh yeah, you're welcome. I'm sure you have seen the um, <laughs> the visit to Florida uh, with this clown that went over there and tried to gather up at least uh, five to ten people that he paid to hear him out. Yes, and stuff sir. And probably, yes, sir. You know, probably put, probably put some crack on his, in their cups so they can stay awake with, through his rantings. The guy actually sounded when he was trying to downgrade our real president. He sounded like Scooby Doo. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a it, 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 the word clown is an insult to 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 the actual clown itself. Yeah, I know
1: what you ball. mean. This is it's an ongoing you know? embarrassment. This was in one day. Let's see if I can keep it all straight, George. In one day, right, right. two days ago, in one day, the president of the United States said he went to a historically black college for undergraduate school. He said his son died in Iraq. He confused the Iraq, uh, the country Iraq, with Ukraine, and, uh, and, and 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 I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, the idea that he's in Florida at this point, which is the only state I've seen him in campaigning for anyone. Charlie Crist wants him. I mean, I I gotta tell you, I don't think he's ever gonna campaign for another candidate again. I say that because. I just don't know how much longer this can go on. I was having a conversation, a serious conversation with a serious person in Washington, D.C. today talking about this uh, this idea that, you know, will Joe Biden be able to serve out the rest of his term? He is getting worse, not better. It's not getting better. It's getting worse and worse and worse. This is in one day. His son died in Iraq, Iraq confused with Ukraine. He went to a historically black college. Oh, and the other one, he met the man who invented insulin. I mean, this is all in one day, this week. It's no wonder other candidates don't want him coming out. Um, I, I think, I think if the Republicans do what I'm hoping they will do on November 8th, the message will be sent upwards that major, major retooling needs to be done. It's the messaging, but it's also the policies. It's both. And it's the lead messenger. This this is another big lie. Sorry to tell you, the idea that the president of the United States is in control of his faculties is compus mentus. That's an even bigger lie than what he says we lie about. I'm Seth Leibson, the great Sam Stone coming right up.